This is Pod Forsaken. All right, Missy, I would like, what is it, $15 limit? Uh, 20. Uh, it's oh, the wow. weekend. Yeah, you get more on the weekend. Oh, great, great, great. Um, <laughs> can we do a burgers? Sure, sure, sure. Medium rare? Yeah, uh, yeah obviously. Okay, I'm not, okay. I'm not no, 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 guys, I said let's launch the episode, not... Oh, oh. okay. Hi, you're, you're Pod for... <laughs> Hi, I'm... Oh, shit. Um, I'm Pod for... I'm... I'm Chris. That's Missy, and there's also Rodney. And we're we're pod. This is a review pod forsaken cast. Wait till you hear Rodney's voice. He sounds so good. Oh, he's like butter. <laughs> Hi everyone. I'm Rodney Altman. Welcome to Pod Forsaken. <laughs> you gotta check out my new ASMR channel. Uh, today we're joined by Gilbert Gottfried. <laughs> That's actually a, his voice is hard to do. He has a very unique voice. Yeah, I think everyone can do the Aflac. He says, and that's it. <laughs> well, hey everyone, Chris already welcomed you all, but and I'm clearly keeping this now. But officially, welcome to Pod Forsaken. As you said, he's Chris Sachs. That's Missy Levin. I'm Rodney Altman. I'm just no. going to do all your intros now. Are we recording? <laughs> yeah, we're recording. Okay. All right. Well, welcome to another October edition of our show, everyone. If you are uh, a first time listener, we do horror movie reviews. We typically focus on movies you probably haven't seen, maybe haven't even heard of. Uh, this but this week, week, we're doing a TV show that you have heard of <laughs> Well, as our preview. <laughs> we always do trailer of the week where we talk about what we're going to review in the next episode. Uh, so to kick the show off, we're going to talk about the trailer for The Haunting of Bly Manor on Netflix. And then after that, we'll dive into this week's main event, which is uh, the brand new British film Hosts. Not host uh, or the hosts or hosts you have to be There's very also yes very particular when you type it in there's an <laughs> yes. s on the end even if you put host you're gonna get the shutter thing unfortunately <laughs> well we can we can yeah well, we'll dive into all those details in a moment but before that uh you guys watching anything good or have you seen anything great uh halloween wise of late non-related to these things because basically let me just tell you i want to bitch about something for a second on please air. do go, go please. for it so I'm a I'm a as some people might know I'm a huge Clive Barker fan, right? Mm -hmm. And Missy, I know you you enjoy Clive Barker, and Chris, I don't know if you've read any of his stuff. But the other night I watched Books of Blood on Hulu. Oh, you know? uh -huh. oh yeah, how is that? It is so terrible. Oh no, it's so terrible oh. that I have to bitch about it for everyone to listen to. Like right? so much right? of his stuff gets messed up. That's, so uh... so first of all, for those who don't know, Clive Barker got started when he wrote a series of six books that each book is a bunch of short stories and collectively those are called the books of blood, right? Volumes one through six. And I was under the impression that like, this was going to perhaps be like an anthology series on Hulu, you know, doing the books of blood, but no, it's just like a feature film based on the very first story is called the book of blood. Right. And I was like, okay, I could, that's fine. Like it doesn't have to be, a, it can just be a movie, but I shit you not over half of the runtime is just a made up story that Clive Barker had nothing to do with. He did oh. not write it. It is not based on a short story. It's just a fucking piece of nonsense, right? Interwoven with bookends that are the story, the book of blood. That's so offensive. Combine. It's like, it's, it, it really offended me. Like Ugh. it, I, it offended me from it as a Clive Barker fan, right? Cause like this has his name on it. And you're, 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 you're telling me that this is an adaptation of Clive Barker material, but half of it isn't Clive Barker. And then on top of it, the writing and the acting and the cinematography are all so painful. Like, I don't know why people can't get Clive Barker right. You know, like, 
Is there anything good about it? There is a couple moments of gore that I enjoyed, you okay. know? They're like, they're, you know, I would say there was like five minutes total in the entire experience where I was like, yeah, that's kind of cool, right? You know, like in, in, in the books of, in the Book of Blood, the story is about this, like, this psychic who he, the dead speak through him. And so like the way it works is he goes into like a white room and then like all the lights will go out and then they come back on like written on the walls in blood are all these messages from the dead. And I was like, okay, that's pretty fucking cool. The rest of it though, like I, I dare you. I dare anyone. <laughs> I, I, I was talking to a friend of mine who he's a huge horror fan. Like he, he, he recommends some really obscure shit. And I was like, yo, do you see books of blood? And he's like, turn it off after 15 minutes, dude. Like it just, Man, it, it just made me so, so angry. And I started thinking that, like, I think what it is, is Clive Barker kind of like, I, I always compare him to Neil Gaiman. It's like his stuff is really complex, you know, and when you adapt it, you're kind of just left with the surface level. Like, ooh, mm. spooky, bloody people, right? But, like, Clive Barker's writing is about, like, the human condition and, like, weird. It's sort of, like, also Lovecraft, right? Like, it's 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 cosmic, weird freaky shit that's like mm -hmm. meant to like disturb your psyche and i don't know what to tell you like i just all all i'm saying is like look if you're gonna get the rights to a clive barker story right why not just make that the whole movie and if you don't have enough enough like runtime why not say hey clive can we use one other story from the books of blood and put that in the movie and like make an anthology film why are you fucking wasting my time that's it even up. it even opens with a quote that's like the books of blood were published in 1984 and they like shocked the world. And for one more time, we return to the pages therein. I'm like, oh boy, that's exciting. It's like, <laughs> let me tell you a thing that's not in the books of blood. Anyway, I had to get that out. Thank you for listening. That's awful. This was Pot Forsaken? Yeah, I don't even want to talk about the other shit. <laughs> <laughs> I think Cronenberg should adapt some, some of his stuff. Don't you think that would be a really good director for him? Missy, you are spot on. I, I, uh, yes, I've never, I think that's the best thing you've ever said. Yes. Thank like, you. Hmm. Thank you. Cronenberg would fucking nail it in, in the way, in the same way that like Cronenberg movies are so weird and icky that it's mm -hmm. hard to describe. Mm -hmm. That's what Clive Barker's writing is like. And you kind of need someone who thinks like that. And to do good creature effects and stuff. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. I, I, I'm, maybe I'll make a few phone calls after this. Okay. Okay. <laughs> get, me David, get me David Cronenberg. <laughs> Sorry, this is a Domino's. <laughs> uh, okay. Haunting of Bly Manor on Netflix. This is obviously the follow up to The Haunting of Hill House. Um, we've all seen Haunting of Hill House, mm -hmm. right? We all yes. liked it, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Haunting of Hill House is like literally one of the best horror shows ever. I know. Made. Totally. Totally. Maybe the best. Is there anything better? For a TV show. For TV shows specifically. No, I don't think so. I, I, I don't. I, I've never seen a show that so, so well, so well, whatever, combines uh, like, like dramatic writing mixed with horror mm -hmm. and scary imagery, you know? Mm -hmm. like Manages to be not cheesy, like scary the whole way out and still like shot well, acted well. Yeah, there was no category that it really suffered in. There have been other things that have been good, nothing quite as good as Haunting of Hill House, which obviously was a massive success for Netflix, and so they greenlit a second season. But obviously, Haunting of Hill House is a complete story, so season two is all new cast, all new story. Some of, Haunting some of the same cast, though. Oh, is it? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's uh, the main girl was Elle through from the beginning, the sister, like the youngest starts sister. the whole story. Yeah. yeah, like the youngest sister from Haunting of Hill House. Well, I, the, I apologize. And the guy who plays Elliot is in it. Okay, the dad, it, I did thought the uncle. I, yeah. I thought I saw him in the trailer. I was like, is that the same guy? Okay, 
Yeah, I lied. And um, the twin brother uh, it plays Peter Quint. Okay, I thought that I saw him, but I wasn't sure. Yeah. Cool. I think that's where it ends. But um, So this is basically, am I correct, like an adaptation of The Turn of the Screw? Yes. Yes, yeah. yeah. So it takes place in the 80s, though. So it's not like you're not watching a Victorian era horror. So like, uh, you know, for next week, we're not going to watch this entire series, but maybe we just do like the first half. That sounds yeah. good. And for those who are, you know, haven't listened to this episode, if you want to go back, we did a double episode on two adaptations of The Turn of the Screw, which were The Turning and what's the movie you love, Missy? Uh, the Innocence. The Innocence, right. So that's incredible. The Turning, I think, was all like the worst movie any of us had ever seen. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> like I, for as much as I just complained about Books of Blood, it's sort of a masterpiece compared <laughs> to The Turning. Like, if you ever just want to like punish yourself, go watch The Turning. I fucking dare you. <laughs> <laughs> that's my Halloween challenge. I'm going to watch The Turning every night for 30 days. <laughs> 31 nights of the turning. <laughs> so here's here's one of the things um, I, I want to discuss is that Haunting of Hill House was created by Mike Flanagan, who I think is probably the best horror director working today. Um, but he directed all 10 episodes. I think it's yeah. 10 episodes, right? Ish. Um, what'd you say? Oh, I just said ish. I didn't know oh, exactly. Yeah, it's like somewhere between nine and 11 episodes. But this new this new one, Haunting of Bly Manor, I know he, he only directed one episode. That was going to be my question. Is it the first one? I have no idea. Probably the first or the last, I would imagine. Okay. Uh, it's the first one. That makes sense, because he would set the the tone and the look of the show for all the other directors to follow, you know? Right. Yeah. I will say the trailer, really, I'm always afraid it's going to give shit away, and it really doesn't give very much away. Like, I don't even know the, like, if I didn't read it was about Turn of the Screw, I would never know that from the trailer. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love the use of the Motley Crue song. Oh, was that a Motley Crue? I didn't recognize yeah, it. Yeah, it's Home Sweet Home. Mm, just didn't okay. just oh. wasn't I'm like Missy with this time around I just went right through my brain <laughs> <laughs> my only worry is like it looks like it could be a little boring from the trailer but yeah it's hard to tell from a trailer like I'm going in with my expectations that like it cannot be as good as season one like yeah. it just like yeah can it it can but I doubt it well, and I also just think like a turn of the screw is such a like the Henry James novella or whatever it is like is just such a like there were two children who lost their parents and they were haunted <laughs> by two people. And then one of them died because they saw a ghost is like, OK, <laughs> well, I imagine this version probably has a shit ton more ghosts in it. Yeah, yeah. But I, I just think like when you're working off of that source material, like you're kind of hamstrung a little bit. Yeah, I imagine a lot has to be added and and you just got to force a lot more scares in. Right. Also, like, to be fair, I've now like seen three versions of Turn of the Screw and this would be like the fourth. So like, yeah, if you count and, the original novella, you know, like. And I got to say, like some of the dramatic tension of the first few episodes is like, what's going on? Who's this? It's like, I've seen The Turning. I've seen <laughs> The Innocence. Right. I know who it is. Fault. That's not their fault, but yeah. I know, I know. We know the material probably more a lot better than most people. Um, I think the part in the trailer with the the creepy dolls looks great. I like I'm, creepy doll stuff. Yes, yes. I like that. There's, scene. Oh, you better buckle up. <laughs> oh. I had a lot of like porcelain dolls as a kid, and I was always so scared of them. I had a closet full of like porcelain dolls and chairs and that would, kept like, throwing at me. them away, and they yeah. kept coming back. <laughs> You know, Mom, I don't one want these. more. What dolls are you talking about, Missy? <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> but I also 
thought, uh, again, it's hard to talk about the trailer because it's just a bunch of imagery. It looks like there's some really cool sequences. I really didn't understand why they chose to end on the part with like a girl washing dishes and like someone grabs her waist. Like it just, it was a weird way to end the trailer. Yeah. But whatever, maybe that's a big moment in the show. But, um, <laughs> you know, I think it, since we normally cover lesser known stuff, it'll be fun to do a, I imagine most people are watching this or have seen it at this point. Yeah. So it'll be fun to, to talk about it in the, the spirit of Halloween. And yeah. if it's, if it is, good then i think we will do another episode a little later where we do the remaining half of the show that sounds fun yeah. kind of what we like what we did with marianne yeah uh which is another great horror show on netflix you should check out if you're looking that that's that was up that's up there on my list of great horror tv shows and i think that's one that most people probably aren't giving a chance yep i'm willing to bet i mean they they they, they didn't renew it for season two but it does end with a strong enough ending that doesn't feel like it needs a second mm-hmm. season. Yeah, I'm so, not mad about that. I got to tell you, if, you, if you're looking for a t- horror TV show and you haven't seen Marianne, you should watch that. It's really yeah. fucking good. All right. Is there anything else you guys want to say about Bly Manor? No, I'm excited to talk about it next week. I, I, here's what I'm... Uh, here's my challenge to you. Who in the cast is American? I want... Don't look based, it up. Like, I, when you the, watch it. When, okay. you, when we watch it tomorrow. I want to go... Or when you watch it for next week. I'm curious to see who you think is actually American. Is oh, it like one person? There are a couple. One, uh, the main girl is American. Like, she's an American who moved to Britain. So, obviously her. Okay. Uh, okay. But there's a couple. Most of them are British. Okay. Um, well, I mean, again, I know... Um, it, what is... I, I don't want to call him Elliot from E.T., the actor, isn't it? Is it, <laughs> Hen, is it Henry James? Or is that no, the that's, that's the author of the <laughs> yeah, book. Yeah, right. Like, why is that name coming to my head? <laughs> it's Henry Thomas, right? I think it's Henry uh, Thomas. Anyway... Henry Thomas, you're right. Okay, so it's Henry Thomas and Henry James. That's why that's confusing. Yeah, and they're both in it. Henry Thomas is American. Yes. I think. <laughs> There's two more. All right, well, I'll, I'll keep my eyes peeled. Yeah. Because all I'm trying to say is, I think the accents are very good. Oh, okay. uh, I, assume, I assume that's what you were yeah. implying. Because, like, I've, I couldn't imagine turning it on. There's, like, everyone's talking British except for three yo. characters. Like, <laughs> yo, yo, mom, give me I some came tea, from... yo. <laughs> Speaking of, like, British accents... That seems like a good segue into our feature film this week, Hosts, which is from England. Before we do that, I'm going to briefly remind you that if you want to reach out to us, you can find us on Twitter at podforsaken. Um, You can email us at podversakenpodcast at gmail.com. And here it comes. No, I just. Here comes the promo, Gremlin. (laughs) I'm not doing that. Where do you want to put podcasts? You review our podcasts? Five. (laughs) Five stars, <laughs> Rah, or I eat Rodney's ankles. <laughs> I, you know, it's funny. I know you're joking, but I'm not asking anyone to do anything. I just uh, really, I am. Um, <laughs> I I do this for Rodney because he can't. Please, or I eat his ankles. <laughs> Are you imitating Henry, his dog? Mm. <laughs> well, I, I hate you. Henry. <laughs> I kind of want to do a whole episode with this guy. <laughs> it's me. It's fun. Got to get the promo gremlin. <laughs> hey, promo gremlin. What did you think of the trailer for Bly Manor? I thought it was good. It was a good promo. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. We are such a weird show. <laughs> um, oh, he I left. Sw- he went back down into his hole. I want to see what? him next week. Please don't let I'll him out of your house. I mean, I'll, I'll leave some dead mice out. You have literally just created a recurring character. The promo <laughs> gremlin will be back every week. <laughs> um, 
but just I just wanted to say thank you to our listeners. That's all. I I genuinely appreciate. What was that you. promo gremlin? Uh huh. <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> God, no, he's mean. Pro- promo gremlin, you do not say fuck you to no, our get, listeners. Get back here, promo gremlin. <laughs> he scuttled away. <laughs> Fucking asshole. We'll see you next week. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, moving on, let's talk about hosts. Yeah. Um, yeah. Host host is brand new. This came out October second here in the USA. It's from England. It's uh, written and directed by Adam Leader and Richard Oakes. And it's essentially a home invasion movie with a supernatural twist. Does that seem accurate? Mm-hmm. Yes. That takes place at Christmas time. Um, yes. I, I would say the Christmas, the Christmasness of it is pretty light. Like, it, But technically, yes, it, 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 it doesn't feel like yeah. a Christmas movie. It's, they, uh, have, they talk about Christmas and they're wearing sweaters and they invite their neighbors over for Christmas dinner. Yes. And there's there's a dude at the very beginning in a Santa suit, but only for like one scene. Yeah. But like Is that seasonal? What? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's a December like only thing, Chris. I've been telling uh, you that for years. Yeah, so stop doing that. <laughs> I just I stand outside of the, the grocery store with the bell and people look at me weird in May. <laughs> <laughs> um so uh overall, you guys, what'd you think? I thought that there was a lot of good scenes, a lot of good parts. Um, I think like in a few parts, like some of the ideas could have been fleshed out a little more, but I think there's good in there. And it was fun to see like a new, a spanking new horror movie. Okay. I, I overall really liked this movie. I have, I mean, I have a lot to say and that's the whole point of the show. We're going to talk about it at length, but I want to point out that one, uh, it's an indie film. This is, this is, it's a very small movie. The entire thing takes place in like two houses and a little bit of outside shots. Um, and it's clearly very low budget, but they did a lot with the money they had. Like, I, I don't know what the budget on this I'm was. very curious. Yeah. Do either of you know? Mm-mm, but no. maybe we can find out. Part of that is because whenever I Google it, I come up with eight other movies. Yeah. yeah. So again, this is, this is hosts plural. Uh, it's the, it's the, if you look at the cover, it's like a woman, half a woman's face covered in blood screaming, which is, it's confusing because literally just a couple months ago, there's a Shudder movie called Host, which is basically like another version of Unfriended, like a web webcam horror movie. And then there's obviously The Host from Korea um, from years ago, right? From the guy who did Parasite. Yeah, yeah, yeah the Bob best Jun-ho. movie, the best yeah. horror movie of all time. Exactly. Yeah, well, oh, I want to, I know we've been <laughs> making fun of Missy for like forever about picking Parasite as a horror movie. But the other day I was on Hulu, which obviously Hulu is low on my book now because of Books of Blood. But like <laughs> they have a horror movie section and the first movie on the list is Parasite. And yes, yes. I I still think both Missy and Hulu are really I'm wrong. Accepting your apologies now. <laughs> <laughs> no one's apologizing. All right. That's what I heard. That's what I heard. <laughs> I just think it's it should be acknowledged that Hulu also thinks Parasite is a horror movie. Um, clearly, if you have one creepy scene in your movie, it automatically is a horror movie. I mean, that Just, qualifies a lot of movies that we've watched. <laughs> like, Commando is obviously a comedy because there's a joke in it. I don't know the movie, but sure. Yeah, fine. <laughs> I get it. I'm sure you're proving your point. How do you not know Commando? For Arnold Schwarzenegger's third best movie. Okay. <laughs> I'll put that right on the top of my list. Okay, fine. Wait, what are the Ter- top two in Term- your book? Terminator 2. Okay. And then I just left a space. I wasn't... I wasn't <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't prepared to answer. It's a it's a tie between True Lies, Predator, and Kindergarten oh, Cup. I forgot about all those. Fuck. <laughs> all right, I would say Terminator Two, then yeah, then 
I'm gonna Predator. put I'm, I'm gonna put Total Recall at number two. Oh yeah, Total Recall's great. And then Commando at three. Oh. Uh, hmm. uh, and then I would and then I would put True Lies and then Predator at five. Oh, hmm. controversial. Hmm. I mean, yeah, I don't know. Like, I'm sure I'm forgetting a couple also. This list also isn't in order. It's just movies I like. <laughs> oh, is this supposed to be ranked in preferential <laughs> order? Rank? Are we doing ranked voting? Uh, so host. Yeah. So um, host. So talk about it. Let's let's talk about it. Yeah, what do you think, I, Chris? I think this movie had good sequences, but overall, I think it was a movie in search of a script. Okay. What do you mean by that? I mean that like there's there's a story of like why this is happening. I understand the events that led to where we are. I don't understand why the main villains are doing what they're doing and the significance of it and what I'm supposed to take away from it. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it, that's what I mean. Is it like funny? It brought funny games, yeah. strangers to mind. What else? What are more like possession ones? Well, it definitely it definitely feels closest to funny games. Um, like the difference is strangers is like so much of the movie is them trying to get in. Right. Right. And it's like, I think the difference is the, the, the family in this is captured very early in. And so it's like the, the struggle to escape these psychos who have taken up residence, right. In their house on Christmas Eve. Um, but yeah, it's, it's basically a supernatural funny games. I'm sure there are some other ones we're just not quite thinking of. Right. But I know, uh, Missy, you're you're a big anti home invasion person. I know, I know. The, I I mean, the well, this isn't that home invasion. This is home invitation. They invited them in, so <laughs> I mean, they shouldn't have done that. I think it's and... so weird that that's where you draw the line. Like, <laughs> it doesn't bother you that you might invite your friends in and they turn on you and kill you. <laughs> well, this also sits at a supernatural element that makes it less scary. Oh, that's it was valid. Still, it was still creepy. I think that, like, I think it, it was a home. I don't know. It was just two separate movies. It was a home invasion movie and there is like, you know, family plot going on and then a supernatural movie. I don't know if they like totally gelled. Like, I don't think either one was like fully realized because they were trying to do two separate things and both had good aspects to them, like really good aspects. But I I don't think they took either one like far enough because they were trying to do two really big plots. Okay. So I think first of all, we should say that. um, So Richard Oakes, who he is the writer, co-director, and the director of photography. Uh, and he's he's been a DP for for many years and worked on a lot of music videos and some other films. Adam Leader, he is also the co-writer and co-director. And together, this is actually their first feature film, right? That's as awesome. Director. And so I think as I was watching it, I kept thinking, it depends what you want to compare this to, right? Because like it it because it's a movie, it just sits along every other movie that exists. And when you compare it to something like I don't know, The Conjuring, right? Like something with like a $30 million budget. I'm just making that up. I don't know what The Conjuring costs, but millions of dollars. It's it's hard to live up to that, right? Because those movies have so much money to put into like effects and, and just that money buys you extra days of shooting and reshoots, right? But when I compare Host to films at its budget level, right? That's where it shines for me because- I feel like they really did a lot with a very short shoot schedule. Like, I, I believe they had somewhere between nine and 14 days of shooting. No way. Really? I, well, I was, they, um, they sent us a, a, a press, a press kit. And in the press kit, they mention like nine nights of shooting. Wow. But then somewhere else in it, it also mentions um, like over the two week shoot. So I don't know if like they, 
they took off on weekends or if they oh, only yeah, that usually means uh, work weeks. Right. So I assume it was a, a total of nine, nine. Although also there's a couple days. There's like, well, there's actually just the beginning of the movie is daylight. So let's call it nine to 14 days, which is a very tight schedule to shoot a movie. in. Wow. Yeah. Um, and again, very small crew. And so when you're looking at it in terms of that, I think they did a really good job, you know? Yeah. Um, it's similar to that movie we reviewed a couple episodes ago. Um, the Deeper You Dig? Yeah. In terms of, I mean, the plot is totally different. But yeah, I mean, yeah. in terms of like a, a very low budget indie film, um, I felt a lot of passion in the filmmaking, right? I thought the visual effects were really good. They were. Both like, I was really, really impressed. There's a lot of practical gore that looked mm -hmm. really good. That was probably my favorite, like, thing. Yeah, the gore, all, like, the blood stuff. Like, it was, it looked very real. Uh, the hammer scene, though. Yeah. It was a little. The oh, you didn't? I thought I the hammer scene that. was the, the highlight of the film. It. I was, like, was the height of the film? The, was, hi the yeah, highlight. I thought it was, too. I was screaming at my TV, like, so yeah. excited. My yeah. wife was screaming. She she literally was like, oh, shit. Oh, shit. That's, what I I was, was, that's exactly what I was saying. I was like, like, they just, like, yeah, they went there. <laughs> I loved that scene. Hmm. Um, so, all right. <laughs> why, don't we, why don't we walk through the movie a little bit, right? Uh, okay. As always, we will not spoil anything big until we give you a warning, all right? I think, uh, the, you know, the trailer, which we talked about last week, it didn't really give away too much. Um, so you can watch the trailer if you're unsure if you want to, you know, watch this or whatever. But anyway, let's just let's just talk about it. So basically, the movie begins. Uh, it's Christmas Eve. And there is um, I don't know any of the names of the characters. Sorry. But right. There's a there's this blonde dude. Right. Uh, and he is. I guess he's like a train driver. Um, wait, Doesn't I do have matter. his name. Yeah, his name, Jack. His name is Jack. Jack. Jack, all right? Jack is a train driver, and after his shift, he meets a man in a field in a Santa suit, and this man is Michael. He's like an older guy, and he has been pheasant his hunting. It's his neighbor, sure. Mm -hmm. um, and I got to tell you, right off the bat, this is one of those, like, kind, at times the British accents were so thick, I couldn't understand what they were saying. I was worried in the first scene that I wasn't going to be able to understand anything. It was only the first scene that was really confusing for me, though. Like, actually, yeah. yeah. I, I agree. It, it got better as the movie went along, which could just be, like, my ear adapting. But totally. when it started, I was like, I don't know if I'm going to be able to follow this movie. <laughs> and I think that scene was... I had the same problem, Missy, because halfway through the movie, I was like, why did they show that Santa at the beginning? Like, right? And, mm -hmm. and I, didn't, I didn't realize that's the dad of the family Later I didn't until you just said this. So, okay, so I'm not... <laughs> it's just a random it's because, Santa. <laughs> because when you meet that guy, he's in a Santa suit, he has glasses on, and he has a big beard, right? Yeah. But then when you meet the dad of the family later, he is in normal clothes, he does not have glasses, and he he has a shorter, like, more tightly cropped beard, right? Uh-huh. And, and so I was like, I don't know who that, why is that Santa in the movie? And, and before we started recording, I went back and watched the opening scene and he makes a comment about, like Jack says to Santa, like, oh, good beard you got going there. And he's like, yeah, but my wife always insists I shave it for Christmas, right? And I was like, oh, well, that's, that makes a lot more sense now. <laughs> so. Um, yeah, I'm glad you said that. I thought it was just Christmas flavor. I'm, <laughs> I'm so glad I'm not crazy. Chris, did you know it's him? You probably yes. do. Okay. <laughs> You guys, you yeah, but two, two, two out of three of us didn't know that. <laughs> maybe I, because I've watched them *Bly Manor*. Maybe I'm just attuned to the British accent now. 
It's possible. I gotta tell you, the other night we watched um, <laughs> Attack the Block, and that was oh, that's a good movie. Yeah, that's, that's a great. That's, that's a thick a, accent, though. Yeah. That's a challenge to listen to. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, so anyway, he Jack and Michael meet in this field, and Michael's like, "Yo, like you, like I got these pheasants I killed. You coming over? Like you and Lucy are coming over tonight, you know, for the annual Christmas Eve dinner." And he's like, "Absolutely, can't wait." And so Jack goes home to meet his girlfriend or wife, Lucy. Unclear. Yep. I, I think they're married, and. Uh, they basically, they decide to open presents before they go over. And while they're like doing that, these two like floating blue lights that look like kind of like, you know, like if fairies were real, they flew by the window. Yeah, like Lucy, a will-o'-the-wisp. That's what I'm looking for, a will-o'-the-wisp. And Lucy's like, yo, I, I saw something. And Jack goes outside to look for them. He's like, I don't see anything. And when he comes back in, Lucy's like on the bed, like thrashing around. And like she starts like screaming and this like intense blue light comes like pouring out of her mouth. And then it like cuts to Michael's house, the 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 Santa guy. And uh, all of that's in the trailer. That's not giving anything away. Now, Missy, when we talked about the trailer, Mm -hmm. you said you didn't (laughs) notice any creepy blue lights in the trailer. (laughs) Well, I saw their eyes, but (laughs) it's a lot. It's a lot to take in. When, that's, that's, that's fair. When you were watching the movie, did you notice these I blue sure lights? Did. I sure did. Yep. Okay. And I was like, what is wrong with me? Uh, they're clearly British and there's clearly a lot of blue lights. <laughs> but <laughs> So I, let's just talk about that scene for a moment, right? Because like, I, this is one of the things that's a little odd to me because we spend a lengthy amount of time with Jack and Lucy. It's the first Lucy. act. It's like a 20 minutes where you meet this couple. Right. And so... Uh, like that scene where they're like exchanging gifts and talking and like, I thought, I thought they were, they were good actors. They right? were. I thought the acting was very good. Um, here. I yeah. especially, I especially liked Lucy. I thought she was really good. Mm-hmm. Um, played by Samantha Loxley. Jack is played by Neil Ward. We'll talk about the rest of the cast after, but I thought, I thought Lucy just felt very real and Jack seemed like he like really loves her. And, um, you know, he, he makes it, he makes a comment about how like, she's like really only his only fan. She's only, She's the only only family family. he has, right? But then, like, basically, it cuts to Michael's house, and we meet his family as they're preparing Christmas dinner, and Lucy and Jack show up, and because we've seen some kind of weird blue light possess them, and you've seen the trailer, and, like, you know the plot of the film, they are now the villains of the movie, right? And so it seems weird to me. Well, it does. When they cut into the family, we see that they're watching a news broadcast that's like, there's blue lights happening and weird violence. Yeah, they said it was like the from like the lunar eclipse or something or like the something about like the lunar calendar. Yeah. And and to be fair, when the movie begins, the very first thing is like the credit sequence, which is it basically looks like you're flying up out of this deep well. Right. And like. I thought the credit sequence was done really well. Like it was very stylish, but that imagery of like rising from the depths of the earth is re- is used over and over throughout the film. Um, and on that news broadcast, there's also someone mentions like a like a like a fracking incident. Did any of you catch that? Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, but it's it's sort of like it's playing in the background while two other characters are talking. But I was like, okay, clearly it's it sounds like the plot is like there was some fracking. They dug too deep. And blue lights got out. Oh, the deeper That's, you yeah. dig, yeah. Uh, they, oh, they hit yeah. hell. The deeper you dig. <laughs> oh, it is a sequel. <laughs> yeah, they they hit hell. Uh, you know, it's your typical uh, uh, environmental thriller possession movie. I wish yeah. that was focused on slightly more because that makes it make more sense. 
Well, I don't know if that's, I mean, it's not really a, uh, you find that out later, you know, like, is it a yeah, spoiler? It's, it's incidental. I don't know. Well, yeah, it's like, like why this is happening tonight. One way or another, they, you know what they, I mean? they, yeah, I mean, like, yeah, that's basically the plot. They dug so deep that they cracked into hell and like these blue lights have come out of hell and are yeah, now I possessing Yeah, I, I wish I knew that they dug too deep. That's um, why this was happening. Yeah. But by them, like, it, that's never shown. That's just sort of, you know, mentioned on a news report. So the, the rest of the cast is basically Michael's family, right? There's Michael, yeah. the dad, and then he has his 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 wife. Cassie. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. They have a young son, Ben, who, how old would you say he is? Like, like 13? 12, 13, yeah. Yeah, 12, 13. Yeah. And then they have two older kids who are, I guess, visiting for the holidays, a, a son and a daughter, Eric yep. and Lauren. Mm-hmm. So it's a family um, of five. Yeah. But back to what you were saying before, though, like it was kind not kind of weird like when you get to know jack and lucy so well and then they're not jack and lucy once they come over like so it's like a little like you spend a lot of time with them and then like all of a sudden they're not really your main characters right and and there's something that's revealed that attaches like plays in but i feel like that wasn't set up at all like that didn't have any connection to that first you know 20 15 minutes that we spent with them in the opening correct right and we won't we won't spoil that until we get fair warning but like there is this, like, when you first meet Michael, he's talking with his wife, right? And she's like, help me cook, help me finish dinner, right? Before Jack and Lucy come over. And he says something like, I'm really worried about tonight. And like, I don't know if I can go through with it. And his wife is like, we've, we've talked about this. Like, I have nothing else to say on the matter. Like, you know what you have to do, right? And I think he even says something to the effect of like, I don't know if I should tell him, right? And I don't know, like, I, it kind of escaped me the first time I, I watched it, right? Because I just, I didn't know what they were talking about. And that comes in later. But but they do kind of set this up just slightly, right? Like, it makes sense when you go back and you watch the that scene. But Right, me, right. No, they set it up within that. I'm just talking about, like, what did we learn that was relevant from the first 20 minutes about Jack and Lucy. Right. I think I think this movie's largest it has a couple problems, but one of the largest is how much time I spend with Jack and Lucy who aren't the protagonists of the mm-hmm. film, right? It, they are They were good they, scenes though. Like they're good yeah. actors and they were good scenes, so it's not like it was bad. It's just like not relevant. It it just feels like the the if I'm going to give one criticism to the whole movie and and I'm I apologize, but it's it's how I felt is that the editing needed a lot of work. I felt like the the beginning of the film could have been edited in such a way where you were cutting between Michael's family and yeah, Jack and Lucy. That would have been, yeah, you would have felt like they're all your main characters. Right. Whereas the movie sets it up very much to be like, yo, Jack is the main character of this movie, right? We spent a lot of time with it. But then 25 minutes in, he's now just like a possessed monster man, right? Mm-hmm. And Michael is now the, actually, I, I would argue that it's hard to know who the main character is after that point. Like by the end it's of the Lauren. movie- I'd say Lauren, the older daughter. Yeah. The other thing, though, is that throughout, I felt like most scenes linger a little too long. Like, yeah, well, and that that feels like the uh, that's that's the indie level of it, which I don't fault it for. But it's like, you know, how do you how many actual scenes are in this movie? Maybe 20. Yeah, I was thinking, like, if I were to go in and just tighten up the editing the movie's runtime would drop down to maybe like 60 to 70 minutes, you know? And therefore you, they have to keep it because it runs at a, it runs at like 90 minutes, but it, it's just sort of like 
sometimes when it'll cut to another character, it lingers on them for a beat before they actually speak, you know, and it feels like the conversations are a little forced. There's a couple conversations that go on forever. And I was like, we, can we just move on, you know? Right. And I, I will say, I think where one of the good marks for me was that it, it did feel tension throughout because I didn't totally. know what was going to happen or where. And so I think that that worked pretty well. I just think I feel like I don't know. It's it's easy to make like do something surprising that's meaningless and be like, oh, that was crazy. Look at these gore effects. But the movie's not going to stay with me because I don't have a sense of what the story was, you know? Yeah, that that's probably my problem, too, is I don't know what they're trying to like say. Yeah, well, I I know that they they were really trying to make something that is beyond just a gory film, right? Like there there is a story there about family and who like like you know embracing your identity and learning who you are and things like that, but it it kind of doesn't rise above this just being possess people attack a family you know yeah it's like a lot of monologues or as you said long dialogue scenes punctuated by violence yeah so so basically jack and lucy come over right and they open the door and they're like hey jack and lucy you're here and jack and lucy are like creepy as fuck yeah, like they're they, giving nothing <laughs> they they basically are like robots right like they 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 do not respond i think lucy's like re- like like the mom says like hey how are you and lucy goes like Hey, how are you? Right. And this this goes on for a while. Like they're all like 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 the dad is showing Jack around the garage and he's like, yeah, check he out shows this him new- a TV that he refurbished that, that like was a reminder of his dad. Right. And he's like, yeah, me and my dad had some great times watching this TV. And it's the only thing I have left to remember him by. By the way, let me show you this really cool double barrel shotgun I just got, <laughs> you know, which I keep loaded. I, I keep it loaded and laying right here on my workbench with my 13-year-old son who lives here. Yeah, and Lucy is helping in the kitchen and she's like chopping like onions or something. And that was so well done too. It was the, she's chopping them like a, like a serial killer. Onions. Yeah. It was so creepy. Or like somebody that's never held a knife because she's like yeah. holding the blade with her fingers and chopping. <laughs> it was so strange. It was very well done. I was terrified. <laughs> so yeah, I, I mean the, the onion chopping scene and throughout the movie, there is a tension that is maintained. And I think that's one of the things the movie does really well um, because you're right. I, I kept thinking like, I have no idea who is going to live or die in this movie and when it's going to happen. Um, but I just was like, I, I'm going to chalk it up to whatever is possessing them, right? Is like adapting to being in a human body at first mm-hmm. because like, it'd be really weird if you guys came over to my house. I mean, it'd be weird because I'd be like, get the fuck away from me. This <laughs> pandemic. But in normal times, if I opened the door and you guys were just standing there staring straight ahead and I was like, come on in. And over the next like 30 minutes, I'm like, getting pizza ready and serving plates and you're just sitting staring at the wall <laughs> at a certain point i would be like you guys okay you're not really yeah. saying anything are you okay <laughs> i'm i'm not okay no <laughs> i'm not okay no ah <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's the chris i know and love here have yeah, some pizza <laughs> So yeah, uh, she uh, ends up lucy ends up taking a hammer from the the garage yes and and so there is this very long scene where all, the whole cast is sitting at, you know, the Christmas dinner table. Jack gets up to leave, like leave the room, presumably to go to the bathroom or something. Oh, yeah. And, and then also... the mom just go- launches into this spiel about how she <laughs> like I did like that. She tugged at her her wig earlier. So you yeah. set up 
that she was on chemo or I thought that was a great touch. That's a yeah. very subtle way to be like she has cancer. Yeah. And so then she as soon as Jack leaves, she goes into this 45 minute long monologue about how she has uh, cancer and was going through chemo and she set up a will. But then the doctor said, you don't need to set up a will because you're in remission. It's like, I don't buy that a doctor would say you don't need a will because <laughs> you could still get hit by a car. <laughs> <laughs> well, I I, she, like, I thought pranks her family, like making her think her whole <laughs> yeah. family thinks she's about to die. And it's like, this yeah. relative stranger too yeah. on Christmas. That was very that was a very weird scene. <laughs> I mean, it was it was ridiculous, but I mean, it was touching. Like I was like, getting emotional. It was sad. <laughs> I mean, it's like the mom's delivery of this is very good, right? Yeah. And because I mean, I've barely gotten to know this character, and now she's talking, but like. This scene, this scene goes on for a long time. It's not it 45 does. minutes, but it is a very long monologue where everyone's just sitting around watching mom like cry and be like, you remember how I was diagnosed with cancer and they said it was terminal and nothing could be done. So I went and got a, made a will and I've been thinking about my own life and what it's going to be like to lose you all. And, and, and dad's like, let's not do this tonight. Dear. She's like, I have to keep going. And, and it goes on and on. And then she's like, and that's when I found out that I'm in remission. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what it was. And I was like, you are the meanest fucking mom yeah, ever. You bitch. Merry Christmas, fuckers. You bitch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you fucking bitch. And clearly, Lucy doesn't think it's very funny because she then proceeds to beat her to death with a hammer. Yeah, right? she. it, it was <laughs> so badass. <laughs> this, this was so fucking badass. The woman literally just finishes saying I, I i have survived cancer and then lucy i mean it is it's really graphic she just starts pounding her over and over until her her head is just like a mushy stew on the table and the whole what? family just sits there and watches it happen that's i know that's that's one of the things i had a problem with is yep. this keeps happening yep, is this I'm violence is happening and everyone's just going like no no stop uh-huh, uh-huh. yeah like if anyone was over at my house and they started attacking my wife with a hammer, I would be up out of my seat tackling them. And One it, I, would hope, I, yes. I understand that there's like a certain level of shock and you're like, I can't believe this is happening. But there's like five people there, right? Yeah, or four, and it I goes guess. on so long. Like maybe like the first ha- hit, you're like, what the fuck? But yeah, she does it like 30 times. And they're the all just sitting there being like, no, stop. No, don't, don't hit her with that hammer, right? And- <laughs> no, it, you should have just asked for her to pass the salt. Why? <laughs> I think it would have been more impactful if she like clocked her with the hammer, like one of them tackles her. And then what ends up happening in the movie is Jack comes in with the shotgun and holds him back. And then if they like, while held back by the shotgun, she beat her to death while they oh, watched. Oh, I like that. That yep. would have been better. It It's a minor thing, but that's, I, I completely agree with you. It just feels, it feels fake the way they aren't reacting, right? Yeah, yeah. Also, it's a it, this is a personal thing, but they earlier in the scene, they show that Lucy is holding the hammer under the table. Mm-hmm. Right. So you are waiting for her to use a hammer, whereas I, I personally think it would have been cooler if you never knew she had the hammer. Yeah, right? that would have been because well, it was so shocking when it happened. Like it would have been even more shocking if you didn't know yeah. she had the hammer. And I, I think this is a good mark for the directing is that because Jack left the room and you know that there's a gun there, I was expecting him to come back with the gun and then stuff to happen. But that she attacked with the hammer. I mean, it's Chekhov's hammer. It's classic, uh, classic playwright. <laughs> yeah, like I'm not, I'm not gonna say this is an. Uh, this is a more of a a preference of whether you want your audience to feel surprise or dread, right? Yeah. So, 
there's no right answer here. I personally would prefer being surprised, but there is something, there is a certain tension that comes with knowing that like, she's giving this long speech and the other lady's holding a hammer. I guess I still thought, even though we saw the hammer, I thought like, okay, maybe she'd like smash someone's hand with it or like, you know, something minor. I didn't think that she was going to go right to like killing the mom. Yes. Like I was still, I was freaking out and like the timing was just, yeah, great. (laughs) Um, But like the, the scene itself is really good. Like they clearly bought a bunch of fake blood and like every time, like, you know, they're hitting, they're hitting and it's blood is just going everywhere. And I'm pretty sure everyone in the movie remains blood covered for the rest of the film. Yeah, there's like it's splattered all over it. Yeah, it looked great. <laughs> so one of the things we should briefly talk about is that Jack and Lucy have like occasionally these glowing blue eyes, right? Like mm-hmm. it, it's not persistent, but it happens enough that it's it's a cool effect. I don't know how you guys felt about the I liked it. Eyes. I thought it was well done. Yeah, I mean, it was a, a good reminder that like, so like they're being inhabited, you know? Right. I don't know if anyone, it, people don't notice it until later. Because at this point, obviously no one at the Christmas table is like, you guys are possessed by aliens or demons. Like they just think their neighbors are like wigging out and murdering their mom. And so Jack comes in with his gun and he's like, come with me. And he basically takes the remaining family members and locks them each in a separate bedroom and and again, this is one of those things that like it it was weird for me because he basically tells dad to get into bed and like rest up. And I was just like, do none of these bedrooms have windows? Like, why mm-hmm. don't you just once they lock you in, why don't you climb out the window and like run away? Well, and they're all just like listening. They're all just like being so obliging. Like it, I would have expected. I don't know. The father to like put up more of a fight or something. Yeah, yeah here, here's the thing. It's like I understand the 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 woman, like they they pass the shotgun back and forth, but it's only a double barrel shotgun. And like she's not exactly like there are points where she's like waving it around or holding it up at the ceiling. And the other person just has a hammer, and there's like four of you and two of them. Like it just feels like now is the time to fight back as opposed to letting yourself be locked into bedrooms, right? Because mm-hmm. once you're but, separated, that I mean, that's going to make it a lot worse once it's, yeah, you don't have the, the numbers. <laughs> but right. it's, all, it's also missing a moment where, like, they say, like, basically, if any of you escape, I'm going to torture and murder the other people, right? Uh-huh. Like, it, it's missing an explanation for why you would just sit in the bedroom and wait, you know? And I couldn't, I had a really hard time getting past that. But I know the answer is because this whole movie takes place in this house and they have to stay there, you know? Um, I just feel like when you're, when you're, this is kind of what Chris, what you were saying about, how did you put it? The script needs work, essentially? Well, yeah, it was a, it was a movie in search of a script. Right. And so, like, when you're writing these kind of movies, it, you have to, you have to come up with a reason why they can't leave the house, right? Like, that, that just feels so important. Like, in The Strangers, they can't leave because they're surrounded, you know? Or they're locked in a bedroom. It's been a long time since I've seen The Strangers, but. But I was like, okay, I'm just going to chalk it up to, you know, they all want to stick around to try to defend their family. I don't know. So what happens from there? They're, they're, they're locked up. Yeah. And- so the dad's put into the bedroom with, and he lays down in bed and realizes that the wife's corpse is in bed with him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that was that gross. That was really gross. <laughs> I, I just don't understand why he wouldn't realize that. He was yeah. in bed for a while before he realized that. <laughs> yeah. He was just like, that was strange, honey. Eh? Oh, no. I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> um the uh lauren lauren, lauren. A, mm-hmm. yeah she lays in bed as jack is like in the threshold watching her and then he like disappears and she like nervously calls her almost fiance like there, there's a whole subplot with her lauren is like her boyfriend proposed to her but she's like not sure she wants to take it to the next step 
Um, right, right, right before Jack and Lucy come over, there's a scene where um, Lauren is hanging out with her younger brother, Ben, the 13 year old, and like gets a call from her boyfriend on her, her iPhone and takes that. it. Again, I find like the the performances were pretty solid. There's just some of the blocking stuff is very weird. I just can't imagine my sister like taking a personal call on without a headphone in being like, babe, I think I'd like to marry you. Like while I'm in the room sitting there. Dude, it's so it's it was really weird. Yeah, I'm totally with you. Why are you having a speakerphone conversation with your boyfriend about commitment in front of your 13 year old brother? Like <laughs> like no one would do that. You would just step out of the room. Right. right? But yeah, it's because it's a contained thriller. They have to stay in that room. Yeah, but like they, she could have just stepped into a different room. And they, no, I at that point it was. <laughs> I don't know. So I, I got to tell you, the there was a moment, the, the moment that most checked me out of the movie, and like still has me just kind of just like a little upset. Right? Was yes, it cuts to Lauren. She's now been you know uh, sectioned off in her bedroom, and she gets her cell phone out. Yeah, and she's looking terrified. I'm like, oh, smart, smart. And she calls her boyfriend, right? And she's like whispering and she's like, oh, they've, the, the neighbors have broken in and they killed my mom and you got to call the police. You got to help me. And you, or you got to come help me. You know me. how I, I have one of those special phones that can't dial the police? <laughs> Dude, literally, as soon as she called her boyfriend. This is my like, least favorite thing. Yeah. I rolled my eyes. My wife, who was into the movie up until this point, picked up her phone and started checking her email, right? Yeah. Like this movie was, it, it was such a hard checkout moment and i think it was extra traumatizing because no joke that exact thing happens in books of blood also there's literally a part where the the girl is trapped she gets her phone and she texts her boyfriend and says can you call the police (laughs) and it just cuts to her boyfriend like at a club and he's like oh (laughs) bitch blowing me up And like again, um, if like they just had a scene where the they took all the phones away from every family member, it would have yep. been fine. Right. The, or she calls the police and because we learned that this this possession stuff seems to be happening everywhere, the police are possessed. Yeah. Yeah. Any of those things, but they, that was very frustrating. They do address it, right? To be fair, like the, Matt the boyfriend does say, "Why don't you call the police?" right? And she has an answer that's basically like, I, I honestly forget what the answer was because there was no answer that would make sense, right? But she basically says like, because if they show up, they'll kill my family or something, right? But it, it just felt so... But then why does she want him to call the police? I, I know, Chris. That's, that's literally... It, 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 it would have been just so much more elegant that they just take the phone and smash it, right? Um, but then Matt, on the other end, he, you realize he's possessed, right? And he starts talking in like a kind of demonic voice. And I forget what he says. He but says this, like, we've been watching you for a long time. So like something like that. Right. But you could have had the same thing happen with she calls the police and the police say that, right? But he's being nice to her the whole time and acting normal. And then he acts possessed like the last two seconds. So that was kind of dumb. And what does that mean? We've been watching you a long time. Like, I, right. It's, yeah. Who are we? Right. And well, and it just what, raises more questions. You? Like, it raises more they... questions about like what are these things? What is their purpose? Yeah, what do they want? Right. Well, I mean, yes, but those those are are all answered by no, the end of the movie. Not mm-hmm. really. You disagree? I disagree. That's I I would have if they were answered, then I think it would have been like fu- yeah, a fully realized thing. But I think they brought up a lot of questions that they didn't answer with this. All right, well, tell which you is what, cool. What... I like that plot. I like the supernatural stuff going on. But 
I want to move into spoilers so we can talk about the rest of the film. Okay. Is there any, so before we um, do that, overall, yeah. uh, you know, last impressions in this segment and do you recommend this movie for other people? Or for listeners, rather, you know. <laughs> not, not other people, listeners. Podforsaken listeners. I think that there's a lot of good here. And like you said, on a small budget, you can't, you know, you can't compare it to something with a many million dollar budget. So I think if, yeah, if you like someone, if you're interested in making movies or you want to check out something like, you know, by young filmmakers, uh, I think that it could teach you a lot about what you can do and what you can make. And I, I, there's most of it I liked, like there's some problems, but overall, most of it I liked. Yeah, so, if, the, if the idea of like funny games meets I don't, like Fallen, I guess, I don't know, some other possession movie. If that sounds interesting to you and you like want to watch something for Halloween, sure, check it out. I mean, I just I wouldn't I wouldn't expect a lot. But if you want to just see we'll, we'll talk about it in spoilers. But like my favorite kill happens at the end of the movie and I thought was really fucking dope. Yeah, so, I know the one you're talking about. I, so I, I think there's some really cool stuff at play here. It's just like. I don't know, as good as some of the performances are, because for me, it felt like a lot of the, the like story stuff was missing. You could just fast forward through some stuff, which I hate to fucking say, if you just want to see like cool gore effects and some cool yeah. shots. Yeah, but if you just want to watch cool gore effects, there are other movies that have like a lot more gore, you know? Yeah. Like, like the gore effects in this are good. It's just not like, there's not a lot of it, you know? But look, I, I, I overall recommend this movie for a particular type of person, you know, like the, the, if you like the deeper you dig or you like that, if you if you're into the smaller budget stuff, right, like if you can if you can look past some glaring, um, you know, plot errors and you're you're OK with it being a slightly like I, it's it, I don't want to say unpolished because it there's a lot of polish to the film, but it 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 definitely does not feel like a, you know, a big, big Hollywood movie. It's a small indie film uh, that's clearly an, uh, a passion piece, you know, like a what's the term? A passion project? That's what I'm looking for. But like, if you know that going in, then I think you will be pleasantly surprised by how good it is, you know? Right. But I, I think, you know, for me, like the lasting terror of like the strangers comes from that line of like, why are you doing this? Because you were home. Like, right? It, it, it speaks to this like, there is evil in the world. And that's terrifying because you don't know when it's going to get you because of like what's happening in this movie of like the what we are told is the reason is so like kind of one specific to these characters. So it doesn't feel universal. As Missy said, like, I don't I don't feel terrified by this movie because I didn't do the things that led to this. And then because it's like so meandering, it just it feels like. I don't know. I feel like I'm going to forget this movie in yeah. like a week, which is unfortunate because I think there is a lot of good stuff. Yeah. Well, it's interesting you bring it up because it's kind of do, trying to do both. It's saying that like this is happening to this family for a specific plot reason. Right. But also there is like just like a sort of worldwide supernatural event happening that that's just happening everywhere. And I think it's weird that it's trying to do both. That's yeah. 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 You can't do both. Actually, kind of reminds me of like the invitation a little bit too yep yeah it 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 has a lot of invitation vibes it's just sort of like the invitation with no not spoiling anything it's a much slower build to right. to all the all the shit that happens right and it feels uh, like whereas, it sticks a landing yep i i like look 
the the invitation is better. I'm like I'm I'm just being frank, right? And the the strangers is better. Again, the strangers is a theatrically released Hollywood film, you know. Sure. And the invitation was made by uh, a you know a Karen Karen Kusama, right? Who's made many feature films. Again, they both the invitation is a very similar similar example. They both are dinner in you know party movies with a sense of growing dread. What it comes down to is like if if when I find out that the makers of hosts uh, have made another movie, I will watch that next movie. I was impressed. Totally, yeah. Mm-hmm. I absolutely was impressed. I thought uh, they did a lot with a little. the The visual effects were very good. Uh, there was a lot of like a, like a lot of the scenes were lit and shot very well. It mostly just comes down to the the pacing of the movie and some logic flaws, right? Like as I've said before. The number, like, I, I am willing to forgive everything, right? I can forgive every single thing until characters start acting stupidly, right? When people start acting like they're not real people, I check out of the movie. And that happens a couple times in this. It's not enough to make me dislike the movie, but those parts were rough for me, you know? But overall, I'm saying bravo. Yeah, you should check it out. But you, again, you have to know what you're getting into. This is a this is a small movie, you know? But I think you will be pleasantly surprised by this one. All right, let's move into spoilers. Spoilers. Three, Eight, two, five, one. Six. Oh yeah. Three, two, one. <laughs> Go ahead, spoil it, Chris. Let's oh, talk about. Uh well, we just jump into the spoilies? No, no, keep... let's let's build to it. Let's build to okay. it naturally. All right. So uh yeah, uh, he turns out Jack is under her bed and his laser eyes are looking up at her. Under... It was creepy though. It was, it was very creepy, creepy, but it Sure, it it happened. That's a thing that happened. Yes, and, and yeah. I saw it <laughs> while she's talking to her boy possessed boyfriend, not cops. Yeah, like I don't understand. How did you get under the bed? You're still like yep. in a physical human body, right? Like that makes it makes no sense. And wouldn't she notice? Wouldn't she notice that happening? I, I guess like the idea is he was leaving the room, and she started to reach for her phone, and in that moment he like quietly dropped to the floor and like, and like underneath, scuttled underneath and scuttled under the bed and then turned on his back and laid upward. Oh, I'd like it more if he just like laid down on his back and then like <laughs> pushed himself yeah, backwards. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I, I don't even remember what the point of it is. Like, it's I don't just I, to have a creepy scene because they cut, they cut to him and like, oh, he's been listening the whole time. Right. Um, and so I forget when the, the, when do we get to the attic thing, the brother and sister? In well, the attic. first, uh, Lucy pulls her teeth out in front of the younger oh, yeah. brother. Why? Right. So, so that scene was like in the trailer, they show her having these pliers and she's going to like do something with them. And I, I, I assumed she was going to like torture the little brother. And I was like, man, if you're going to like fucking use pliers on a 13 year old boy, your movie has such big balls. Yeah. <laughs> they do not though they don't they don't again this movie has a lot of balls in a lot of areas but the little boy escapes unharmed other than seeing his mother beaten to death with a hammer yeah. right <laughs> physically harmed but lucy yeah she starts pulling her teeth out and i thought that was really cool it was really gross i mean it was terrifying her mouth is filling with blood and it was gross but i don't know why she did it but it was creepy basically she then i forget at what point does she reveal their identity is it there it's it's no. basically i don't think it's bas- there yeah, like she basically tells a story about how like they are angels that were cast out of heaven and like angels are balls of light and they've been like locked away in the earth just waiting and waiting and waiting for their time to like wreak havoc and now that time has come. And so when you put all those pieces together, I, it seems like the story is some people were fracking, they dug too deep, they unleashed hell's demons, which are now just floating around and possessing people. 
And like, if you chalk up all their activity to like, they just, basically you can't apply human logic to it. Like, why does she pull her teeth out? Because she's a demon that enjoys causing pain and terror, right? I guess that was now, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. And I like that. Like, I think it's, it's really creepy when the villains literally, you can't even apply normal thinking to them. You're like, that's just, I don't even know what they want, right? And yet that's part of the problem because I don't know what they want, right? But I think you start to realize that like what they want is to possess everyone, right? And so there's, we're going to get to the TV scene in a moment, but you eventually cut upstairs to the attic and like they, they drag the sister up there, the older sister and her older brother is like tied to a post and this is the scene in the trailer where they like start like drooling all over her and like licking disgusting. her. Which was disgusting. Yeah. It, yeah it's, I've, I've seen so many people licking and drooling. I just I'm over it. <laughs> Give me I, something else. I don't know. I, I, I thought it was worth putting in there. It was yeah, awful. I, I liked it, Chris. It was gross. Yeah. You, can, you can never have too much drooling slash licking in a mm-hmm. movie for me. So they basically are like, they give her the shotgun and they're like, you have to blow your brother's head off because if you don't, we're going to do something way worse to him. And then he is like, don't kill me, sis. Like, I love you. And, and this scene goes on for seven years. Too long. Mm-hmm. Like, this, this was the absolute longest scene in the movie. And I, I could not understand why. Like, it reminded me of, like, in The Matrix 3 when, like, when Trinity is dying and she talks to Neo for half an hour. And you're like, please, let's just move on, right? Well, again, it's also like, she's Spoiler like, for I, the have Matrix to, 3. I have to do this or else they're going to do something worse. But it's like they didn't. You haven't seen that. I don't understand why you now have a gun. Why would you take that as like, I'm going to shoot my brother? They said they're not giving me a choice and uh, this is for the best, blah, blah, blah. But yeah, she has a gun in her hands and she's been left alone and she doesn't even like try to use the gun to kill the intruders. Yeah. I mean, she is like loosely tied to a chair, but like. Which for the record, in reality, it's very difficult to tie somebody up. Yeah, I, dude, I am always thinking about that, right? <laughs> like, like, in, like, I'm just like, you could easily get out of those ropes, right? I, I hate in movies when someone has like a sock in their mouth or like, whoa, I'm like, dude, you can totally talk, right? <laughs> or even worse, when it's like duct tape over their mouth, you know? Yeah. I'm, like, I always, dude, I'm trying to remember what the first movie I saw that like duct tape somebody around their head in their hair. And I was like, that's good. That's legit. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, like now you have the shotgun. So why are you even contemplating shooting your brother? I think that the the other like the the problem here is that so much of the movie are these two villains like creepily lurking around the house and not trying to achieve a goal, right? Yeah. Like it's unclear. Like again, you can wrap you can you can uh you can chalk it up to they're demons and they're just trying to like maximize the fear in these people before they possess them, right? I, I know, guess but what... they're like tiptoeing around like the fucking Grinch. Like, ooh, I'm <laughs> up to evil. It's like, they're going to hurt us. I'm going to do bad stuff to you. What are you going to do? Yeah, I understand you beat the mom to death with a hammer, but like, what what's going to be worse that you're going to do to the brother? I mean, that seems pretty, I don't want to get beaten to death with a hammer, you know? Right, but, but I, like, if but... they're going to kill us no matter what, I don't understand, right. like, why, why would I blow my family member's head off with a shotgun? And, right. And like, that's still like going to be pretty painful. I mean, I guess maybe not, but like it's not going to be any more painful than a hammer. It's still pretty, pretty quick death, I bet. Yeah. I mean, I think the shotgun will be slightly better, right? But still terrible. Yeah, but I, I don't think you should. Yeah. Like the cosmic weight of killing your sibling, I think it was a little worse. But it's also like the, 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 the possessed demon people, Jack and Lucy, they're not standing there. Like they give her the shotgun 
And then they just kind of like walk into the shadows of the attic and disappear. And that's what allows this like incredibly long scene between brother and sister to play out. And I'm like, they're not even like, they're not here like watching you, right? Like, like, I don't know. It just felt weird because it's like that throughout the movie. They just keep locking people in rooms and walking around and staring at shit and then, and then like licking people and pulling their teeth out. And I'm like, I don't understand. Do you like, what are you trying to do? Right. Why are you like, I understand the answer is the movie has to reach 90 minutes. Right. Mm-hmm. I guess that they like, they want to convert them to blue people, but they want to have some fun first. Maybe. I, I guess if you just chalk it up to that is the answer, then it makes sense. You know? Yeah, I guess that does. Okay. But that's not satisfying. No. No, I agree. It, it it's it's like it's it's missing someone saying, I know what they're trying to do, right? Or them just saying what they're trying to do. Like mm-hmm. you know, like in 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 movies like I don't know, like in it or something, they they there's at least someone says like it likes it eats your fear, right? And like, even if like, like since Lucy basically just tells the whole story of how she's a demon from hell, why doesn't she just say like fear tastes delicious and we want you, we want you tender, you know? Yeah. But then, so, so the sister decides she's going to go ahead and pull the trigger, except it's not loaded. Right. And obviously the brother is really furious about this. And that's when Jack reappears and they take him and drag him down to the garage where the old TV is. Well, right? he jumps down and like has a heart to heart with his dad first. Oh, I totally forgot. about. Oh, yeah. Tell us about the heart to heart. I don't even remember what's said. They're so just they, like sitting there and crying. Right. So this is this is what I'm talking about. It's like he's able to get free and jump down and he's leaning against the bedroom door where his dad is on the other side. And they're crying and talking. And I'm like, where are oh, Jack and Lucy? Like, what are they doing? This is right what now? happens now. He's like, this is all my fault, son. Uh, the neighbor is really my bastard child. I had him before I met your mom. And I left because I was a wimp. And your mom made me a stronger man. And I've wanted to tell him forever. And I was going to tell him tonight that he's really my son. So this is all my fault. I'm so sorry. Yeah. It's my fault that the fracking hit an angel pocket and... We're being targeted by our neighbors who were coincidentally possessed and, and are coming also... over and beat your mom to death with a hammer your son. because she had cancer. It's like it's, <laughs> it's like you guys taught me. It's a hat on a hat on a hat. Like it's like a home invasion, but it's also your long lost son. But it's also supernatural. Like it's it's just too many things. I yeah. think. Yeah, that's that's the big reveal. Is that Jack is this guy's bastard son, and I guess like he has just remained his like neighborly friend all these years and I, it's unclear if they come over for christmas every year maybe so is it like the neighbor not. by accident or did they like move close to this guy on purpose right or like the mom never told him yeah oh yeah none of that none of that's explained that i caught like it was just super unnecessary for- uh they, like they must mention what happens to jack's mom i mean maybe they don't i don't but- think they mention what happens to this mom. yeah but yeah, but, the whole the whole thing is that this is my fault. Like I was going to tell him tonight, just like my my wife was going to tell everyone how she's cancer free. My big plan was in front of everyone. Maybe, maybe it wasn't in front of. Maybe he was going to take him aside. But son, he was going to. It tell- turns out we're really bad at Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> Christmas, it's presents where you tell people long lost secrets. You, you know how you always thought you didn't have a father, and you've been sad and lonely, thinking you have no family. Well, I'm your dad. What? <laughs> <laughs> No, you're my neighbor. No, I'm actually your dad. I just didn't. I, but, um, but yeah, I think the problem is that like when that's revealed, I was like, okay, I didn't see that coming, but what does that change? That doesn't, yeah. that doesn't affect anything. Right. Because that's not it, Jack it, anymore. 
It's not Jack. Exactly. That's a possessed demon in Jack's body. Jack is no longer in this movie. And at this point, I, I, I guess dad, like, what is dad thinking? Does he think that Jack found out and is enacting this revenge because of it? I think so. I guess. That's the only thing that's probably making sense to him, which I guess right. that I don't blame him for going there. Yeah. So we're in the home stretch now. Uh, yeah. Jack and Lucy sit the older son down in front of the TV, make him watch the the credit sequence. Right. And, <laughs> and, but without the titles on it. It's it's a clean version for international. Uh, and then he's uh, turned into he's possessed. I got to tell you, I don't I don't like I have to make this joke. I'm sorry. But when I was watching it, it felt like their torture for the son was to make him watch the movie. Hosts. <laughs> <laughs> because literally they turn on the TV and it's the opening scene of the movie. Right. It's like the shot of the hole and you're like flying up through the hole. And I was like, I don't understand because they weren't possessed that way. I know. Like, yeah. So. I didn't get that, yeah. It doesn't make sense. Like, what does watching the TV image of the whole do? But also, how are you not inviting a joke about making the people watch your movie, right? Like, (laughs) I'm sorry. That's what it seemed like. Yeah. Uh, So then he's possessed. The older son walks out and his his eyes are bandaged and he has blood on the the bandage. And he, like, gets the dad and is like, "They, they gouged my eyes out, dad. And then he leads him to the the garage and he takes the bandage off and he has blue possessed eyes so then the dad chokes him to death and then they cut to a a painting of the binding of isaac first like the son sits the dad down and makes him watch the video and he's watched almost all of it and then the daughter who's like escaped outside like cuts the power so the video cuts out and he doesn't like fully get possessed and then the dad suffocates him yeah and then it's juxtaposed with the binding of isaac because it's a religious movie yeah, I have to say this family has the creepiest paintings hanging yeah. in their house. Like their their artwork is really fucking disturbing. <laughs> um, I, I also just... like that she smashes the uh, like circuit breaker box with yep. the the gun, and it's like you could just flip the breaker. She. <laughs> this is again one of those scenes where like I don't even think she's aware. Yeah. That her... So she. Yeah. Why did she do that? She she escapes. She's got the shotgun. She runs outside. And oh, I it's don't a know. shovel. It's a shovel. Sorry. Is it a shovel? Okay. But it's not, I have no idea why she decides that she needs to kill the power to the house in this moment. It just so happens that her dad's in the garage being forced to watch the brainwashing video, right? Or the soul possessing video or yeah. whatever. And there's and a bunch right. of bikers who are possessed outside. In, yeah. Suddenly yeah. the house is now is surrounded by glowing blue eyed bikers or, you know, local townspeople. I don't know if they're bikers, but why doesn't she? Yeah. She like said, why doesn't she just flip the, the circuit breaker instead of like, smashing it with the shovel i well, guess so she, that they can't turn what it back does she on think she's doing like why does she think they the power should be cut that's what i'm saying i i don't know it doesn't really make sense right yeah yeah um she just has a gut feeling that she should do this and then she does it and that causes dad to break out of his trance he then fights his son and he chokes him to death and when he dies you see like a little blue mist of cloud like escape his mouth yeah. And you realize that, like, the demon has, he's exercised the demon by killing his son. But what I think yeah. actually, ha- like, I think that before the son was actually dead, the spirit came out, and then he was, like, alive for a minute as himself. Yes. Yeah. Because we see that later in a, the next scene. Yeah. Okay. Um. So, yeah, he, he, his son is, he, he dies a normal human, right? Mm-hmm. And then, like, the, the final beats of the film is, like, Lauren, is it Lauren, the daughter? Yeah, yeah, she's she's outside and Lucy comes running out of the woods and like yeah, attacks for like her. like 15 seconds, she's running up behind her. 
that part was weird too. Cause she, yeah, like this movie has a lot of why aren't you running? Right. I just, like, I just kept saying like, you're outside. Right. So why are you just like standing by a tree catching your breath? Like now's the time to fucking run. Right. Like, um, and yeah, Lucy comes like running, but she, it's like this really wide shot and she's running for like 15 seconds toward her. And I'm like, do you not notice that woman running at you? <laughs> She tackles her, and then for some reason, there's like a noose laying there. Or is that mm-hmm. supposed to be like, like, no, I have no. Noose. That was a noose. There's it's a li- deadly swing. <laughs> it, like, like it, it looked like it was supposed to be a rope from a like a tree swing, but you never see that swing. At least, I, if you did, I missed it. But it's already tied into like a noose. And well, it's no, very- it's a loose end. She just wraps it around her neck, and it sticks. Okay, my apologies. Because I of the rope, rope. <laughs> So I, again, like, it's like the logic of it bothers me a lot, but the actual scene is cool. Like she, 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 she pulls her up and she's like, Lucy's now, you know, hanging and she's thrashing around as she's, you know, strangling to death. And then you see the blue evil spirit, like leave her mouth, but Lauren doesn't know that. And so in the final moments of Lucy's life, she's like human again and not realizing why she's hanging from this tree. And she's like begging for help as she dies. And I was like, that's fucking hardcore. Like I, I appreciate the hardcore nature of it. It just, it felt a little contrived to get to it. Yeah. But like, that was cool information that like, I don't know. I thought maybe we could like, you know, if they, we knew that earlier, just a character figure that out, we could save somebody that was possessed. I don't know. Like it I kind of wish we did something with that information. You know, just just mentioning the biker gang made me realize, like, I think an easy solve would have just had them show up earlier. You know, like someone does try to climb out the window and you realize the house is surrounded by these glowing eyes. Oh, true, people. true, true, true. And that's, yeah. But, so, like, why are they targeting just this family? But they're not. That's, it's happening I everywhere. I know, but, like, you have, those other people could be doing horror stuff to other families. Why would they be like, we're just going to be the crowd control? Uh, yeah, the the biker gang, well, uh, which I'm I'm calling them a biker gang, but they're not. Uh, and the boyfriend said though that we've been watching you for a long time. Y- yeah, I I like I don't know. This is all it's sort of in like the head canon of the movie, right? Like maybe the demons when they when it the demons know that that dude is the other guy's dad, right? And so they're intentionally torturing him, but like they're not making a they're not making a point of that. Like I I, I don't I don't know the answer. The answer is it's confusing. You know, yeah. uh, but so she yeah, she kills Lucy and then the dad, after killing his son, has a box cutter and he dramatically switches it for a kitchen knife. That part was weird. Also, yeah, yeah. there's like a close up of the of the of the box cutter. He picks it up, <laughs> yeah. he steps and, out in the, and he's it, like, oh, this kitchen knife is better. Yeah. And it's like there's like an upgrade thing. It's like Bring! you got the better item. <laughs> plus, plus one attack. Plus one attack. Actually, just for the record, kitchen knife, if you're doing home defense or something. Don't use a kitchen knife. You're way more likely to hurt yourself. Oh, really? Yeah, because there's no grip on it. There's no pommel. So, like, if you're stabbing or slashing, your hand can just slice and then you'll cut yourself. Uh-oh. Yeah, that, okay. that's my understanding as well. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, yeah, then Jack shoots him with a shotgun. And then the coolest part is Jack takes a kitchen knife and just stabs him for 46 yeah. minutes. It was a <laughs> yeah, lot. And he was alive. The dad was alive the whole time. Yeah. All these stabbings. <laughs> I got to tell you, it is the most graphic on-screen stabbing I think I've ever seen. Yeah. Like, yeah, he's just kneeling over his dad, uh, stabbing him. Yeah, it goes on for like a solid one to two minutes. Yeah. Of, and he must stab him at least 80 times. For it's sure. Just over, like, 
that was pretty gross and really gnarly. So I appreciate that. I did that was, too. Yeah. Really well done. And yep. the dad was, says, sorry, son. Like, I got to tell you, that stabbing, the hanging, and the hammer to the head is worth the price of admission for me. Like All three were great. Yeah. Yep. I And, and that's why, like, I applaud that because we watch a lot of horror movies. And I most of the time, the stabbings are not done nearly as good. That mm-hmm. That felt like... There was a lot of anger and real blood and it, it, God, it was gnarly. It was just really gnarly. Yeah. yeah. They did this stuff on camera. Like, I think we've watched so many horror movies where like everything happens off screen yep. or something like, uh, yeah. So that's, it's hard to do. So yeah. I do applaud them there as well. So then Lauren comes in and now she's, oh, she, I guess she loads at some point the shotgun got loaded. Well, cause he shot him with the shotgun. Right. So yeah, at some point it got loaded. Like I said, <laughs> <laughs> And I think she shoots Jack, right? Yep. And so yeah. Jack dies. Everyone is now dead except for Lauren and the 13-year-old brother. And she like puts her arm around him and they step outside and they look up in the sky and the camera pans up and there's all these blue lights flying around and the movie slams to credits. Well, and Ben had already been possessed too. They show Ben's eyes. Who's the Ben? Li- the little brother. Wait, he's possessed? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, his, his eyes are glowing. Yeah. I, 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 okay. Well, that makes sense, but I, I just somehow either missed it or forgot it. There's a lot of glowing blue eye moments in this the, movie. There is. Yes, yes, yes. So, yeah, I mean, yeah. Mm-hmm. The, the ending implies it doesn't matter. The entire world, or at least all of England, is yeah. going to be possessed by blue angel demons from hell. Am I, I mean, that's, yeah, no, that's, that's I, what I got as well. Yeah. And I like those kind of endings. Like, I, I'm down with that. Just like, it doesn't, it doesn't matter like what you do, it's happening everywhere. Yeah. 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 You're not a fan, Chris. I can tell. I mean, it's just because it doesn't it doesn't have any oomph because it doesn't mean it's just a collection of images that are like, this well, is that's a cool what, that's sequence. What every, that's what every movie is. Yeah, Chris. but they're typically strung together with intention in a story that like makes it have uh, emotional resonance. Whereas this was like, there were some cool things. I didn't care okay. that that was the ending. Like, I think that works as the ending, but I still wanted to know a little bit more about like, who these people are, like what they want and like what, like a little bit more plot for it. Like, I, I gotta tell you, I, I felt like the ending was a solid, appropriate ending for the movie, you know, like as opposed right, to something. It's, it's, it's again, I've used this term before. It's like a little hand wavy. It's like, how do we, we want to get it so that like Lauren kills Lucy by, you know, jacking her up on a, on a noose. How do we get there? I don't, there's, a, there's a rope in the forest. I don't know. Like, it, it feels like this is beats of other movies I've seen, and they're like, y- you know, how, like, at the end of The Invitation, uh, or like this, or the, uh, I don't know. You've seen this before. Uh, yeah, you know this. Yeah, I half agree with you. Like, they certainly set up the the, the blue lights and the well, and, the, like, the, the whole movie is about that, so it doesn't feel right. hand-wavy. Like, right, but it's like, but it doesn't mean anything, because it's like, yeah, there's uh, angels killing people. Here you go. Now you're going to see a dude stab a dude for 40 seconds straight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it 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 feels a little unsatisfying because the characters we're watching did not cause the event, right? Like, in Evil Dead, you're like, they read the book and therefore the demons are unleashed. But it's just sort of like somewhere else, some asshole dug a well too deep and <laughs> demons got out and now we're going to focus on... kind of the dad's fault because he lived next to his son but never told him... Well, that's the thing. It's like if those if 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 the dad and Jack were not related in any way, the plot of this film does not change. Yeah. Right. Right. Like other than no, it doesn't change because no. it's 
it's just happening everywhere. Like if you just, if this movie were about a different neighborhood. The neighbors would have done it either way. If they were inviting their neighbors over, they would have done it regardless. Right. There's also, I think like, there's a different version of this movie in my mind where like the demons specifically there are there to torture the dad for what he has not, what he has not told about the son, right? Yeah. Right. And in that version, the movie would focus on them like torturing his family in front of him and like, making it all about the dad, but it doesn't, right. it doesn't feel and then like, it's like it, building to this reveal of like, what did he do to deserve this? Clearly there's something or, right. or if they are demons being, it's like, like, cause there's like half a story about what Lauren's going through with like not committing to her boyfriend. Like maybe she cheated on him or like something where the demons are like, see, like they're sin eaters. They're like oh, watching. Yeah. Yeah. They're like, Oh, we're going to make you admit what you did. Then we're going to kill you. Yeah, I like that. Yep. Like they take, they know what your secrets are, and right. they're like, yeah. And they're torturing you until you admit it, and then that you can finally be killed and released or something. I mean, like it's it's again, like these are all like inferences from other ideas, other narratives. But like, if you're gonna make a religious movie, I I expect redemption. I expect punishment. I expect something, and they just kind of like introduce that a little bit. I just wish it went a little further and. And like, you know, cinch that up to make it like a story rather than just a sequence of some interesting events. You're you are totally right, because if there's anyone who preaches about cause and effect on the show more than you, it's me. Right. And that you're right. It doesn't really have that. Right. I don't feel like this happened because that happened. And I don't feel like it's like Lauren's story of becoming a different person. Right. Like other than she survived, it doesn't feel like you know, she, she started as afraid to stand up for herself. And by the end, she saves the day or whatever. Yeah. Like, so when we were trying to say like, who's the main character, it was hard to say it's like her. Cause she lives at the end, but well, she goes uh. from not using a shovel to turn off the lights, to using a <laughs> shovel to turn off the lights. <laughs> That's true. I didn't think of that. Yeah. Yeah. You it's gotta like, expand your mind on what a, a story arc can be. <laughs> I know we've said it multiple times, but like, it feels like it's Jack's movie. But then Jack becomes a possessed demon, so he's not really in the movie anymore. And then it feels like it's the dad's movie, but he spends most of the, the movie locked in the bedroom. Yeah. Washing his hands. And then it feels like it's the it's the daughter's movie only because she starts becoming on screen more and more. Yeah. Right, because she's the final girl, but like, why? Exactly. Yeah, it, it, it's, you know, it's like some movies are like, hey, this movie is is being shown through the point of view of this character. And other movies like this are just sort of like, there is no point of view character. You just stand back and watch events unfold. And that feels less satisfying. Yeah. I Again, I, it sounds like I've been harsh on it. I think for being a contained indie thriller, horror thriller, they did some really impressive stuff. I think they have a command of performances. I think they have a command of how the camera works, like in terms of like structuring a shot and blocking. I just think like they need they need a little more money. They need an editor and they they need to, you know, work on the script a little more. Well, they have an editor, but I feel like they need <laughs> Wow. They I need a they different editor. Themselves. Uh, well, they they need they need somebody who's going to say like, "No, we're cutting out of this scene now." <laughs> yeah, that that's that's my 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 number one note is just the 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 editing needs to be tightened up to make it just move a little faster because it starts it starts lingering and languishing toward toward parts you know again i mentioned it earlier how good lucy is but like when she's in demon form i thought she was like the star of the show mm-hmm. she was um, fantastic and she had like four lines after that <laughs> yeah but she gets to tell the story of like right right of but waiting I, I, in I hell. think that 
I think that tells it shows what a command performance she's mm-hmm. offering. Like that if you have the fewest lines and you're stealing scenes, like, yeah, good job. One other just fun fact was during the, the end credits, for me, this like really cool fucking song played, right? Which you probably it's probably not your type of music, guys, but like I was like, man how much money did they have to spend to get the rights to this like pretty badass rock song? There's actually two songs. And I read that that's actually the band, like the, the singer is Adam Leader, the writer, co-director. Of wow. The movie. Very so cool. he actually, he actually is in a, in a, in a British band called um, in search of sun. And huh. like, they're like an actual touring band. Um, and so if anything, this movie has brought me a new band to check out. That's so, awesome. <laughs> I am excited to dig into their discography. Um, but uh, now I know fact. how now I know how they were able to get the rights to that song. So <laughs> <laughs> but but again, I think there's just there's a lot here to like. There is. And and, you know, I, I think even when a movie has flaws, there are learning lessons, you know, like there's there's you can watch it and say what isn't working. How like if you're making whether you are the people who made this movie and you're making your next film uh, or you're just a, someone who's an aspiring filmmaker and you're like, one day I want to write a horror movie. Watching things like this make you realize, oh, let me address these issues in the script, you know? Um, but again, it, it, a horror movie isn't always just about the plot. It's not a drama. You are there for mood and tension and gore and general creepiness. And it delivers so well in so many of those areas, you know? Um, I could easily picture another version of this movie, and I'm sure I've seen it, where it's terrible, you know? Like, dude, we've all watched those those fucking movies that are, like, low budget, and you're like, I can barely watch 10 minutes of this, you know? Like, <laughs> like the other night, I put on a movie called, like, Jurassic Galaxy, right? Just for the fun of it. It's like, <laughs> it's like people crash on a dinosaur planet, right? And after, like, 15 minutes, it's like, no, this is a terrible idea. I'm turning this off. <laughs> and, and again, like, I, as I said at the beginning, I watched a fucking Clive Barker adaptation like on fucking Hulu, like like a Hulu original, right? Like Hulu fucking paid for it. And and Missy, you're a fan of Salem, right? Oh yeah, major. It's it's written and directed by the creators of Salem. Really? So we're talking about what like the heck? like millionaire professionals, right? And I'd rather watch hosts three more times. Like okay. Books of Blood was so like it. Everything about hosts was better than this like like le- call it quote unquote legit Hulu show, right? or Hulu movie. Uh, and I think the same, I have not watched all of the, the Blumhouse, you know, Hulu ones, but the ones I've seen host is better than them with, with exception. So like, despite having some complaints about hosts, I want to emphasize how good I do think it is compared to many things with larger yeah, budgets. That's fair. That's totally fair. You yeah. know, I think most of the things we talk about on this show, I have complaints about. We you know? complain about there's parts of everything we complain about. Right. That's what we do on Pod Forsaken. Yeah. <laughs> we complain I, about movies and then recommend them. I complain about everything. Uh, you want to hear about the public restrooms? <laughs> Notes I have? The sure. toilet. Too sh- too shallow. Uh, <laughs> all right. I, I'm done. I think yeah. I think it's good and where it sh- shined. It was a very good movie. Need some work. Agreed. Well, anyway, uh, you know, thanks for listening as yeah. always. Uh, we appreciate it. Hope you're having a wonderful yeah. October. Chris, you have I thought you were going to say what? something. Oh, oh, God. Oh, my, my oh, God. Subscribe. Oh, oh, oh. Hello. I'm going to eat Rodney's ankles. Welcome Unless back. you give us five stars. <laughs> Pod for a second at podcasts. Podcasts. The podcast. <laughs> Not the dead. Damn it. Give me that. Oh, what an asshole. What an asshole. Wow, I don't. I, strong, I thought huh? I'd like him, but I, I'm liking him much less. <laughs>
All right, he everyone. comes and goes. He has his good days and his bad days. Thanks. <laughs> All right, let's go. Uh, we'll see you next week when we talk about Haunting of Bly Manor. All right? Bye. Bye, Bye. everyone. Hey, thanks for listening to the episode. If you could uh, like, subscribe, and share this episode, that'd be great. If you want to share your feedback with us, we can be reached at podforsakenpodcast at gmail.com. Yeah!